Welcome to the Beats and Coffee Podcast, episode 14. Today's guest has both a growing YouTube producer channel along with the Type Beats channel. He has some experience with the sync licensing, which we want to talk to him about definitely. And he also swore off selling beats online, but has since come back. So definitely want to hear about that journey and and, and why you came back. Uh, but please welcome to the podcast, Chase Freedom. Welcome. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Yeah. No, so I, I've, especially this week, I've been doing some research on your content. And um, I think you definitely have some interesting perspectives to bring to the table. So I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to you, but I guess we'll just dive in here. So kind of the, the first question I usually ask people is, you know, how did you get started in music and when did you make the transition to start posting music tutorials online? Uh, yeah, so a long journey, like uh, a lot of people, I'm sure. Um, started with um, playing guitar uh, when I was 13. Um, for many years, that was my main focus, just playing in bands, um, gigging around locally. Um, and then for as long as I'd been a fan of rock music, I'd been a fan of hip hop too. And so uh, around 2012, um, some just clicked in me and I said, you know what, I can't really see myself trying to tour like sticking in a van with guys stinky and all that kind of yeah, stuff it so it sounds cool when you're younger right yeah. But yeah eventually that wears off exactly so um yeah i've been doing a little bit of research into uh, i mean you know the the online beat selling was around then um nowhere near where it was now but um so i i got a machine um at that point i'd already been dabbling with logic a little bit on my uh, MacBook just for basically purposes of hashing out demos for the band. I did the majority of the writing, so I knew my way around logic a little bit already. Um, but then I picked up a machine because I thought that that was, that's just how you make hip hop, right? You got to get one of those groove box machines. So. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and yeah, it just kind of opened up all the possibilities. Um, it wasn't just hip hop that I was getting into. I started dabbling with, you know, stringed orchestral stuff, um, some of the more pop EDM driven stuff back then. I was really, really obsessed with Dr. Luke. I'm not sure if you're oh. familiar with him, right? Like all the Katy Perry. Kesha. I mean, look yeah. who you're talking to. Like my, my whole type B <laughs> channels on focused on pop music. So that's yeah, right. That's right. Dr. Yeah. Luke, Max Martin, all those guys. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it just kind of started buttoning from there. Um, I, made some music with uh, a girl that I was working with. Um, I had two tracks on her EP that she funded herself. Um, those were both more pop driven. Uh, and then I was eyeing taxi for a little bit, taxi music. And I decided to just say, you know what, what what's the worst that can happen, right? They actually offered a money back guarantee if, if you weren't happy with their service. Um, so I, I dove into that and I got humbled really quick <laughs> to yeah. say the least um, multiple reasons. I mean, my music wasn't ready and I wasn't ready to receive the feedback um, that first year that I signed up with them, but uh, it at least made me learn about sync licensing and all the other possibilities there are to make music right from your bedroom or from your home. Yeah. Not have to worry about touring in a stinky van. So um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did that for a year Um and, and while you're doing that, like, were you, was you, were you doing like your YouTube channel at all or that no, this was all before? The, yeah, this is actually back in 2013. Okay. Um, so yeah, I have a lot of zigzags in my journey here. Um, so I, I did that and then uh, like a lot of people, I gave up. I actually went to school for a couple of years. Um, but I don't know. There was something still burning inside of me saying, no, like you can go back to it. There's always time. Just go back to it and, and put your mind to it. So um, by the time 2018 rolled around, that's exactly what I did. And that's my first jump into the whole type beat channel. Um, and the way that I approached that was just, um, I learned now the complete wrong way. I mean, every single beat I uploaded not only were they not that good, but I was using different tags on every single beat and jumping back and forth between happy, happy sounds, dark sounds. So um, that kind of brought me back to, you know what, this isn't working out. 
let's try taxi again. So I was working yeah. towards sync a little bit and, um, you know, that paid off for me. It hasn't paid off for me financially yet, but, uh, 2020, I got a track signed with a sync agency. Um, and then later on, actually same. So later on in 2020, I signed my first, uh, library deal. So I got 10 tracks signed with a library. Awesome. Um, still, still haven't seen any placements there. Um, so for anybody that does think that the sync licensing game is a, a get rich quick scheme, it's not, uh, this stuff can take years to even see your first placement depending yeah. on where you get, uh, your songs signed to. But, yeah, if, um, it feels like no matter what path you take, like it's going to be a long mountain to climb to have any success. It's like no matter which lane you you pick. Um, so let's see. I before we get into all the sync licensing and stuff like that. Um, so I was just going to kind of go in order first. Kind of start out with uh, your YouTube producer channel because. And you know what? Honestly, I haven't, I know you're on Instagram too, and it looks like you have a pretty good following there, but I, I mainly follow you on your YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think you're close to what is it like 2K subs now? Yep. Like there. how long, how, like, when did you start that channel? How long did it take you to get, to get some momentum, like hit 1,000 subs on it? Yeah. So in the time span when I, started trying the type beats. Um, that's how that channel actually started was with type beats. Um, so from 2018, I think early 2019, I just I decided to post a couple beat making videos. Um, first two were garbage, just poor lighting, everything <laughs> like mm -hmm. most YouTubers. Um, and then the third and fourth one, when I started focusing on um, making stuff with the machine, uh, I started to get a little bit of traction. So I was like, you know what? This could probably be a good way for me to build an audience that way as a producer. Um, so it was really 2019. I think I did about six or seven videos. Mm -hmm. um, but then once the pandemic hit in 2020, um, I was actually growing a car channel to 1,500 subs the same time I was working nice. on growing the music channel. I don't do the car channel anymore. But um, yeah, I just dove headfirst into being a YouTuber. I got comfortable on camera. I learned how to edit. Um, and the way that I was approaching the the music channel was kind of like a, a generalist approach. You know, I would do some stuff focused on sync licensing, some on making beats for X artist. Uh, but I, I still think of it, you know, I, I've got a decent amount of subs, but I'm nowhere near a big YouTuber. So I, I think that it, it's important to have people like me and there's a couple other guys that are I've um, been connecting with because of this to have those people that are the in-between, you know, like I'm having a little oh, bit absolutely. of success, but I'm not here telling you, Hey, I just made $50,000 this month from selling beats. Yeah. No, I see. I honestly, I look at, I've been watching a lot of your content this week. Like I, I see, I think you, you're on your way to, you know, the 20 K 30 K, um, range like your your videos are not only educational but like they're entertaining and when i say entertaining like they have humor to them um and like you said you seem like you're very comfortable on camera um so i i would say yeah keep doing it you you seem to have the the knack for it um where you're at right now everyone you know the whole reason everyone says you know what i'm going to start a youtube channel and and get monetized have you have you hit the monetized um goals yet yes to, sweet. very recently yeah cool and it how is is the income still pretty pretty humble yeah. at this point yeah it's not uh i don't know if you know but for anybody that doesn't know listening how the youtube payments work it's it's basically a dollar amount per thousand views that you get financial channels um fitness channels things like that they're on the higher end of the scale um music producer ones you're, you're looking at like five to seven dollars per thousand views yeah uh, just from the ad revenue yeah so but i mean um steadily now for the last probably four or five months going back to november anyways um just by using affiliate links i've been able to generate 100 200 300 dollars a month um, yeah, so. I, I noticed that on, on some of your video descriptions. So like how, 
how do you do you reach out to those companies or how does that work? Yeah, so certain companies have um, thresholds. You know, they want somebody with X amount of followers. Uh, Plugin Boutique is like that. Um, but there's the Amazon affiliate ones anybody can sign up for. Um, BeatStars reached out to me recently with a, an affiliate code, sent me some free merch. That's why you see the, the wall flag back there. Nice. Um, and I think there's the Native Instruments one too. That's just the one you can, anybody can sign up for as well too. So, you know, for people that are, that are starting producer channels like that, don't, don't hesitate to do that because you never know when you're going to make some, some side income. You don't have yeah. to have a, a huge following, right? No, definitely cool. So like, honestly, eventually if, if only I had another day in the week, like I, I, I want to at some point start a producer YouTube channel and it's, I think it would be more kind of like what you're doing. It would, it'd be like tutorials on how to do stuff, but also like, I love doing like the product reviews and a new plugin comes out or a new waves plugin comes out. Like I, I geek out on that kind of stuff. Um, what did like, what are your thoughts on, you know, the, the things that, that stopped me from doing it are like, Oh man, it's so saturated. Um, you hear the the stories about how much time it takes to edit. If you're, if you're doing like proper YouTube videos, what is your take on that? How much, how much time do you need to invest in post regularly to, to keep, you know, or to grow a producer YouTube channel? Um, as far as the saturation in question, this is a, like, goes for any type of YouTube niche. The way you have to look at it is that, so let's just use the music producer niche, but every day there's a new producer and that person is going and searching the same thing that's been made over and over again. But True. because you put out a new video on the same topic, you might be up there in the search and that person might find you and they're now going to be a loyal subscriber to you because that's just who they found when they were starting out. So there's, to, there's no reason to ever fear that you're doing something that's oversaturated. To that, um, to that point, I'm going to interject right here. Cause just something interesting, uh, fact that I learned this past week is, uh, are you familiar with Kyle beats? Mm -hmm. So his, I mean, I think he's up over like 600, you know, K yeah. subs. He just recently started another YouTube channel where he's aiming it towards beginners and everyone's like, well, why would he do that? Why would he do that? I, my thoughts are is, is one, obviously like his audience that has grown to that 600 K channel, you know, they're, they don't want to hear about tuning 808s and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But two, I have a theory and no, I mean, no one really knows, but. I have a theory that YouTube will help push your channel, but it's, it'll give you like a lifespan. So, you know, say it's five to six years, you know, it's going to help push you. But after that six year, it's going to start to look for newer, newer, um, YouTube creators and content. So I don't know if that's true. That's just me, my dinosaur theory, <laughs> you know, but, but I, I, I think maybe that he looked at some numbers or something and he's like, okay, you know, I'm going to go ahead and start a second channel to catch the next wave of people. Sorry, tangent there. No. Um, let's see. So it, it, as far as like the time suck, the editing, mm. you know, what are, um, what's, what's your take on that? Yeah. So the editing itself, it, it used to take me a long time. Uh, but one, I upgraded my computer so that I didn't have to sit and wait for things to render quickly. Um, so that, that's definitely going to be a limiting factor depending on what you're working on. But other than that, it's just like a DAW, right? you you get comfortable with the video editing program, you know, your keyboard shortcuts and there's no reason it shouldn't take too long. Um, I'm not doing, I've done a couple videos where I've had, you know, multiple angles with the machine. Um, sometimes I have the camera beside me. Um, uh, but a lot of the times I'm just using OBS and screenshot or uh filming the camera right on my computer and putting that on top of the DAW. So um if you can make it so that it's productive for you, I like I know uh Chris Punslan, he all he does is stream, but the, he organizes his streams with his video ideas. So when he's on his stream, he's doing those video ideas and then 
turns those into YouTube videos. So there's, yeah, there's, see. yeah, like there's definitely ways to, to make it more efficient. Oh yeah. That, that is a good idea. Um, that's yeah. funny. I, th I think I'm subscribed from him, but I have I swear, like I haven't seen anything come up in my feed for him in a while. Maybe you another, were clicking <laughs> another YouTube, YouTube, uh, conspiracy theory. Yeah. No, I'm just <laughs> um, so, you know, while that's happening as well, so the, the first time that I actually discovered you when you popped up on my radar was, you know, probably like a year ago and it was your video where you said, I'm done. I quit selling beats. Um, you know, I, I think that's probably one of your bigger videos or you might even have two of them, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but so we've all been there, you know, you're, you're pushing and pushing, you're not getting any traction. What, what drove you to eventually say, all right, I'm done with selling beats online. I'm going to focus on something else. And then what brought you back to selling beats online? Let's hear, hear that journey. Yeah. Uh, the easiest way to say it is that I was narrow minded. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, you know, everybody remembers when the, the MIDI money click funnels were all the rage. Like he was everywhere, oh, yeah. every podcast. Um, and I bought into that thinking, no, this is, this is the way I, I can think like a business person. This is the way that I'm going to do it successfully. And then I started diving into it and I just didn't, it didn't sit well with me the way that it was presented. Yeah. Um, everything from the, the video of you describing why you're a good producer to work with, because I'm trying to picture myself on the artist end thinking, this is cheesy. I don't, I don't want to buy from yeah. this person. They, but, the, the videos are like, I'm looking for a handful of artists to work yeah. with. And it's like going out to 20,000 people, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I also went down that path. Um, I, I took things from it, like lead pages and stuff like that and follow up emails. So I do apply that kind of stuff, but yeah, I, I, I never fully went all in on it. The thing that, one of the things that stopped me was um, ClickFunnels is like a like a hundred bucks a month or something yeah. <laughs> just for the software. There is alternatives which I was trying to use, but I just couldn't get it to do what I wanted yeah, it to they were do. Harder and to use for sure. It was harder to use, and I felt like um, for the email service, like the open rates are really really bad. Um, so I ended up moving away from it. But I I hear you on the ClickFunnels thing, and you know. I love the marketing side. Like that's, I get most excited for that part when something works. Um, but I hear you at some point, like you gotta, the art artist side has to be there when you're putting the stuff out or it's just not genuine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to be clear too, I'm not one of those people that think that it's a scam. Like that obviously works very well for them. And, and if you went on the Facebook page that they have there, there's a lot of people that are doing well with it too. It's just, I, you know, you have to find the right path for you, find out what's right for you. And that I, I probably should have given it a little bit more of a, a, a go, but I, I just decided, no, let's dive into the YouTube channel even more and um, keep focusing on the sync licensing stuff. So cool. And then, so um, yeah, well, recently, well, yeah, it looks like you came, came back to selling beats. What, what brought you back? Um, yeah, so it was, it was definitely admitting that I, I never was consistent. Um, if I was looking to have YouTube traffic as my main source, um, rather than trying to get cold traffic, um, I, I, I never did it consistently where I was targeting specific artists for uh, like a good amount of time. Um, so that Guilty was one here. Yeah. that was one reason. And, 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 all, and like you learn a lot going from, um, the music production channel side of it too, right? Like I needed to focus on the type of people that I'm um, trying to reach. So why would I be jumping back and forth through genres? Cause then people are just going to get confused. The algorithm's going to get confused and click through rates won't be good. So um, that was the first thing that kind of made me say, you know what, let's try that. Uh, and then I started, like I started really paying attention to the heat YouTube channel and uh, they talked a lot about just email marketing itself, you know, no, no talks of funnels or anything like that, but yeah, properly building relationships uh, with artists utilizing email lists. And, you know, even the times when I wasn't actively uploading on BeatStars or anything, I would once a month be getting a notification that, hey, you have somebody signed to your uh, email list on AWeber. 
because uh, I had it connected there. So, yeah, um, no shout out to the the Heat guys. Ryan, he was he was the first guy that you know agreed to come on. He actually offered it up to me. I'm like, wow, thanks. Like, I you know had absolutely no following at all. So yeah, I I I love those guys. I love the teachings of Robin Wesley. I I bought the course. I have my own email fund all set up and everything like that. So yeah, I I that felt like it uh suited me more as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and and, and it's just funny that, that that's the way it worked for me too cuz I was planning on making this video about why I was going to start selling beats online again. And there are other reasons that we'll touch on too, but um I saw on a story that Ryan was looking for content creators to uh, sign up for the course and work with the, uh, as an affiliate. So pled him my case, let him know that I have people that watch me that are on the sync licensing side of things. Probably some people that subscribe to me because they were like, yeah, we quit selling beats too. So um, <laughs> I probably have a good demographic for, you know, your course and um, yeah, everything that I've done so far, I think it's 38% through the course right now. Uh, it's definitely resonating more awesome. with me and um yeah, I'm just, I'm looking forward to to start posting new beats online. And, and once I have that email list set up and um, I'll definitely be posting YouTube videos um, on my successes and hopefully not any failures, but some failures too. We'll keep it honest. Yeah. So that's awesome. I have, I have one more. Uh, I want to talk about the sync placements and then I have a question that's going to tie it all together. So you mentioned earlier that you have experience with taxi. I remember taxi from back in the day. I, I looked into it a lot. Um, it got a, you know, when you go on like the forums and stuff like that, the thing that stopped me is it, it got a lot of negative feedback and stuff like that. Tell us about your experience. Actually first tell the audience here, what is taxi and what, what has been your experience with it? Yeah. So, I don't even know if this is why they called it taxi, but taxi is basically the vehicle to get your music to the people that will be using it in the TV and film industry. So they're a middleman. They created this business model themselves. Um, and a lot of people don't like the whole pay to play thing, but I can explain why you have to pay for your submissions but yeah, essentially they have been around for, I don't even know, 25, 30 years now. Um, and they've just built the reputation with all the music libraries and music supervisors that run listings directly through them. So Taxi isn't just pulling these out of thin air. These are people saying, hey, we're looking for this kind of music. Uh, can you run this listing for us and have them to us by this time? So um Within that, there is a $5 submission fee that you have to pay. And the whole purpose of that is just so that they don't get you trying to fit a square peg into a triangle hole, yeah. sending whatever you want to, right? Otherwise, they would be spending way more hours um, paying people to sift through that. And, and it's just not a smart business model. Um, but yeah, I, I, I understand because there are people that tried to do the same business model that are actually scamming people. A lot of the times they're actually just using the taxi listings on their website. I think, um, um I thought I read an interview somewhere where Katy Perry actually worked at taxi yeah. before she, she blew up there. Yeah. So like um, all the people screening your music are, a lot of them are actually currently working at music libraries or that may, they might even own their own music libraries. Like they're all professional people. It's not just Joe Schmo saying, yeah, that music's good. Let's send it off. Yeah, that's cool. And you said you hit, you've had 10 tracks accepted or? Yeah, so signed with a music library. Um, that for me, just my luck. <laughs> the first signing like that, they're actually formerly a trailer house. So they only work with trailer music. And now they're shifting into a music production library. So things have kind of been slow moving with them. But um, hopefully I'll be seeing some placements from that soon. And um, they're giving me briefs. I contacted the owner and cool. started to work on some stuff for the upcoming NFL season. Um, so that would be really cool too. That would be awesome. But, um, yeah, I think the, the real value for taxi, and I'll say this too, that you can learn everything outside of taxi for free on YouTube, especially now there's some, some really good guys, Clint music, 
um, yep. Excalibur Zero. Like they're given really great content. Um, yeah, but uh, th- the way I looked at it always was just kind of like, one, it's keeping me accountable. Two, um, I didn't really know how to structure music properly and what types of music. Like if somebody told me before I ever started doing Taxi that urban tension was a genre of music, I would be like, well, what are you talking about? Yeah. But it's the same music you hear over and over again on Keeping Up with the Kardashians and all the other reality TV shows, which is the tutorials I show on my channel, right? Like it's essentially trap drums with usually horns and just certain builds that make it sound like it's dramatic tension, like something tense is going on in the TV show. So it's makes, just for me, it makes was, sense for all the, those reality shows, you know, yeah, <laughs> transitions and stuff. Yeah. So for me, it, it's just, uh, it was a really great way to learn about the industry, how it worked and what types of music were being looked for. Um, you know, you do get very useful feedback from the screeners if your music isn't um, forwarded. And there's just the, a lot of the negative negative reviews you see online are just people that, you know, if you heard their music, you would probably be like, oh, that's why. Because their music is nowhere near where it needs to be. They're just angry that yeah. somebody's telling them that. <laughs> have you, as far as like um, sync placements and stuff like that, have you ventured other libraries like outside of taxi and just tried to approach them directly. So that is my plan. Now my, uh, my current taxi membership is actually up in may and, uh, I'm not going to be renewing. I'm going to be, uh, going solo right now. Um, keep working with the, the company that I do have this, the track signed with. And then I have a list of other ones that, um, I've already researched and looked into that have similar genres of music that I produce in that I'll be reaching out to. There's, or at one time, I think I was, I tried for this. My, I could tell you my mixing was not up to snuff. I think for all like the, the real ones, I, I think I got denied. Um, but there's also these, uh, non exclusive ones. I can, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think, I can't remember the term for it, but I think it's like, um, non, non licensing tracks that you could upload, meaning, you won't get any royalties. That's what I'm trying to say. Like it'll be like a one-time fee, um, but you won't get like royalties for it airing 10 times, you know? Yeah. It, have you, have you thought about that route as Are well? Are you talking like uh pond five and that could be a it. couple that other could ones. Be yeah. Yeah. I think they usually just refer to as royalty free music libraries. Yeah. They that's, play it. That, I don't know why it was slipping my mind, but I think that's what I was going for. Have now, would you do both? Would you, can you submit your music to both the royalty libraries and the royalty free libraries, or are you going to get caught somehow? Depends. <laughs> um, from looking at all the listings over the years through taxi, it seems like most music libraries do go the non-exclusive route now. Um, but certain, like there are boutique libraries, they call them that are, they're small, but they work with really popular TV shows. Uh, they usually go exclusive. Um, so yeah, you definitely don't want to be, you, you shouldn't even really be posting the exclusive stuff online at all. Cause you don't even own the publishing anymore at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, sync licensing is, is tricky. And, and I, I heed warning to a lot of people that think that it's easy because it is getting more and more popular right now, especially in the hip hop uh, side of things. It's, it's not easy. Let's just say what are, that. <laughs> what are the most popular like genres for, for that? Like I got to imagine trap is huge. Um, how is EDM? Is e, e, I, it yeah. felt like a while, like EDM, you're hearing that everywhere. Does that, is that still holding up? Yeah, for sure. I mean, certain things like dubstep kind of fizzled out a little bit because it, it, it'll eventually like make things sound dated, you know? Yeah. But, um, oh, I'm noticing wow, a lot, wow. um, like, what you would call cyberpunk dark synthwave music. I'm noticing a lot of that. I've seen a lot of listings for it recently, and I'm also noticing it on commercials now too. Um, that's pretty, pretty easy to produce, to be honest. I, I dabbled with it a little bit, but hip hop is not going anywhere. Um, and a lot of the times yeah. they're looking for, I think I saw one for like a blues hip hop uh, crossover. There's, hip hop they call it so country instruments with hip hop beats um that's still being asked for it was obviously asked for after old town road came out but yeah i mean there's uh 
where did I see it? I think Big Fish, no, actually, or Big Fish Audio. You might be right because Big Fish Audio just released a, uh, and I'm not like a Big Fish Audio guy, but I'm on their email list. <laughs> they just released like a country pop pack. And then Arcade just released like a country um, sample kit. Really? For, like country pop. I got to check yeah. it out. <laughs> and it sounds great. It's just per my YouTube genre, I don't make country pop, so I wouldn't really use it but yeah they have some good sounding stuff there um let's see i had i had one other question on that that is slipping my mind um all right if i remember it i'll come back to it but so you kind of have a hand here's my overall question which i struggle with so you you have a hand in you know selling beats online you know pursuing the sync licensing and owning a producer YouTube channel with like only so many hours in a week. Do you think you can, I mean, is it possible, possible to be successful at all three or do you have to dedicate your time? Like for me, 90, 90% of my time goes into the type beat channel and then 5% goes into this podcast and it's more just for the fun of it. Um, but I do find times where I'm like, Oh, I got it. You know, I can't work on the podcast right now. I got to, you know, keep pumping the beats out. How do you manage all that? And do you think you can be successful at all three? Yeah. Um, and I think the, the reason that I'm choosing to do that now is because I've already, you know, pivoted all those times where I did the stretch where I was only doing sync licensing. I did the stretch where I was only doing the YouTube channel. And I did the stretch where I was only trying the, the type B channel. So now I can kind of look at it and say, you know what? It is possible to do that. I'm certainly not going to be doing, you know, uploads every day on the type B channel, three YouTube videos a week, pumping out 10 sync licensing tracks. But yeah, it's, it's, it's not easy for sure, but I, I'm comfortable with releasing one YouTube video a week, three type beats a week. Um, and the sync licensing is just kind of working on whatever it is that I in, have on the plate at the time and, to work on. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a week right there. If you yeah. can knock that out <laughs> one YouTube video, three type beats, and then, you know, submit to some sync licensing. Um, I remembered my question. So as I said before, you know, I, years ago, I, I looked into the sync licensing and I got denied, denied by a lot of, um, uh, places one probably because my production wasn't up to snuff but two i know for sure my mixing wouldn't have been up to snuff like what are your thoughts on that like do you have to have your mixing in a good place for them to accept you it needs to be decent uh but you don't need to be anything special because you got to remember most of the time what you're submitting for is stuff that's going to be used as underscore under the dialogue right so mm -hmm. they'll likely be scooping out a, a midsection just to make the voices heard easier. Um, but yeah, you, you, you want to make sure that at least when it is heard low, because don't forget, like when you turn the volume low, the bass is the first thing to go, right? The, the ear just won't hear it once the gain starts going down. So um, you don't really have to make any major adjustments to your mix to do that, but it just needs to be balanced. Nothing Are crazy. now. I'm starting to think of all bunch of questions now. Uh, so are these, do these libraries ask for like full track outs or are they working with like the wave files? Yeah, it'll, it'll vary wide, widely. Um, sometimes the, all they want is the full track. Um, and then the stinger, which is the, the last part of the song, um, the stinger ending, uh, some, some want 15 second cuts, 30 second cuts, 60 second cuts. Um, but, the most common ones you'll see is the full track, um, like a drums only mix, um, instruments only mix, and then the stinger. Like those are the most common ones what you'll, is, you'll get. What's the the stinger? You know, where like it builds up and it ba 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 Like the clock. Oh, okay. Right. Like a transition moment. Yeah. Because then what they like can the do is take any four bar section and then throw that stinger on at the end to cut to their next scene or cut to their commercial. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. See, this is all, this is a whole new world. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. And, and it can get really finicky. I know one of the guys that I 
became friends with through taxi. Um, he does a lot more tension stuff, um, kind of what you'll hear on crime shows, the, the more brooding and, um, and there's a, a very popular library called crime sonics and they are very strict. It has to be one minute, 45 seconds on the dot. It has to be, I can't remember. It was, it's not a normal, uh, bit rate that they use <laughs> and, there's something with the frequencies too, but yeah, they're like very picky about it. So very you'll specific. find some that are, you know, they'll take just the, the basic stuff and some that require a lot of different cuts and requirements. So, so like, what is, what is your process? Like, do you just, do you try to make like a, a type beat for your type beat channel and then reformat, take that reformat it for the libraries? Like I've heard, I've watched a couple of Clint videos where he's like, they only want like a minute 30 of the track. Mm. So do you have to like go back to all your beats that you put out for consumers that are usually around three minutes and then reformat them to like the minute 30? Yeah, you would in that case. I, I, I keep them separately. A lot of the times with the type beats, I am using at least some sort of loop, whether it's, um, you know, just a single instrument loop on my melody that I'm adding in. So I wouldn't be using that for sync licensing because that is becoming more and more of a problem that a lot of libraries don't want to work with people that are using any type of royalty-free uh, loops. Yeah, that's that's a good, I mean, let me ask about that. So like they like splice, can you use splice loops in there? Do they frown at it's, that? Yeah, like they frown upon it because keep in mind, you're, you're signing a contract when you sign this music over, right? And, and you're, saying that this is all yours, you know, there's no third party um, yep. samples or anything in it. So um, if they run into legal trouble later, you might be liable for it. True. <laughs> so I, I don't know. It, it's hard there's because a, there's the a same gray time. area there. Like what yeah. about arcade? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is right. Basically it's, a virtual instrument of samples. Yeah. The, the thing people say right now is just, just make it so that it's not detectable. Um, so you're going to have to flip the loop, you know, you're definitely not using yeah. the same key and tempo. Um, but I don't know, it's hard to say, man. Cause like I'll, I think there was a Taco Bell commercial on that long ago that I'm like, I have that splice loop. This person just yeah. put drums to it and he probably got paid thousands. <laughs> yeah, no, I've definitely heard stuff that, that I'm like, Oh, I, I just heard that on splice. Yeah. Um, okay. Very cool. Uh, let's see. I just have some other other random questions here. So your, your producer name, Chase Freedom. I imagine like your first name is Chase. Freedom. Actually, it isn't real. Okay. No. <laughs> so I, I think I know the answer behind the meaning of your producer name, but let's hear you explain it. Yeah. It's just, it is pretty simple. Yeah. It's just to me doing this for a living is, is freedom. So that's what I'm doing is chasing it. Right. Amen, brother. Yeah. That's what I thought it was. And I'm like, that, that's a cool name. Um, let's see. So off that, I was going to say, are, are you, are you trying to get to a place where you're doing music full time? I think most of us are. Mm -hmm. For sure. And that's why I, another reason why I'm doing multiple avenues, because um, successful businessmen will tell you that it's uh, having a diverse portfolio is what actually is going to make you wealthy right so let's see this is this is like my rapid fire round of questions what would you say is has been your biggest success in in producing music so far whether it's the sync it's online your youtube cha channel that's tough to say i mean i do feel right now that it has to be the youtube channel just because that's the reason that I'm getting these opportunities like doing this podcast and beat stars reaching out to me. Um, my latest video, I'm, I'm having other YouTubers just commenting saying, you know, keep it up. Like you're doing a good job. Um, so yeah, probably the YouTube channel. Cool. Cool. Let me counter that with what, what has been your biggest failure and I won't leave you hanging on this one. I'll give you a few of mine as well, but you go first. What, what would you say is the thing that you learned the most from? Uh, yeah. I mean, if I guess if I had to do it again, <laughs> I wouldn't have given up back in 2012, 2013. Cause 
the thing that sticks in my head is that the girl that I was working with that ended up using two of my tracks, she told me how she bought leases for the rest of the tracks that she was using on the EP. And it just never clicked in my head to say, hang on, people are selling their music online like that? Because if so I had that, a... So yeah. that was like before you were on like BeatStars? Yeah. Or okay. So yeah. I'm just thinking, you know, the competition was so much less back then. If I had a, had that click in my head and said, just stick with this and it's going to pay off. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Like it's, I think it's just finding, see that like, this is kind of like a back and forth thing for me of, uh, you know, beat stars and like a lot of people are against promoting on there because it's, it's so random. It's like literally throwing paint at the wall. But like the reason I, I've been dabbling in it and the reason I like it is because the, the people that go on beat stars, like, they're there for one reason. It's to buy beats. It's like, they're not there to find YouTube content or anything like that. Um, so yeah, like for that reason only when you, when you, like you said, that girl's like, Oh, I, you know, I lease the rest of these tracks. Like though, like that's the gold mine. You know, if you could find, you know, a thousand of those people, you know, you're doing, you're, you're living pretty good. Yeah. So some of my failures here, um, I could tell you about, I, I, I went through a whole phase where I got deep into mixing and I think this was like, I, I used to like, just like I'd produce tracks, but I would work on it for like a month, like one track and I would just keep poking at it and never really finish anything. And then I, I, I think I bought a couple plugins. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'll buy one EQ plugin. I think it was like the Waves One Knob ones. And, uh, you know, like EQ High and EQ Low. And just buying those two plugins, I went on like a three-year span where I must have bought over 200 more plugins. And I got really into mixing. I followed like the Dave Pensados and all that. And um, I made, I tried to give it a go at mixing for people online. And I got a, I got a couple like um people would say you'd be on a forum and people would say okay you know if you this is a jump ball for whoever wants to mix this track i'll pay you a hundred bucks so i got a couple of those and i would send it back and it sounded pretty decent um but nothing ever really stuck kind of my most uh miserable moment or my lowest point in that is uh I started to like look for opportunities elsewhere. And I, you know, I, I think I heard some, some business podcast where these two guys were jumping on every morning talking about, I don't know, it might've been like website traffic or something like that. And I was listening to their audio. I'm like, Oh man, their audio is terrible. I'm like, I could easily mix this for them. And so, you know, I reached out to them and uh, I'm like, Hey, let me mix that for free. And, yeah, I think I said for free, you know, with the back of my head thinking if I do this all the time, they'll start to pay me. And they're like, okay, let's see what you got. The audio file that they sent me was just, it was all like muffled audio. It wasn't separated. And so like I did my best with it, but like the, like compressing and the EQing compressing would make it sound even worse. Cause it'd bring up like the you know, the hiss and all that. And same with EQing it, it would, it would bring up like, you know, all the frequencies that you don't want. And so I sent it back to them and they're like, no, we're, we think we're going to go to, or I think they said, I think we're good as is. And I'm just thinking, Oh God, this is a low point. If they think their audio is better than, you know, what I sent them, I'm like, um, I got to try something else. So <laughs> that's what I'm like, all right, what am I doing? I'm going to, give this producer thing a, a go, like at least I'll be more involved with creating music and not relying on someone else to create a piece of audio and then, you know, beg, beg them so I can mix it. So that was my low point. It's uh, yeah, I'd say my mixing has gotten better since then, but <laughs> um, let's see, as far as uh, YouTube producers, I know you mentioned Clint and a few other people, but like what other YouTube producers are you watching? Um, like who are your go-to guys that inspire you? Um, I really love Ed Talenti. I know most people probably subscribe to him. 
Um, yeah. His content evolves, which I really like too. Uh, Simon Servita, always enjoy watching him. Um, I don't know. Aside from that, I don't, it's, it's probably just kind of whatever pops up on my home screen. Um, yeah. But in terms of the people that I actually watch, watch for production anyways, but like in terms of the, the business side of things, I do watch a lot of the DJ Payne one conversations um, and the heat channel for sure. Yeah. Yep. I watch all those guys as well. Um, one that doesn't get mentioned often is uh bro beats. He, he doesn't go on camera at all. He just talks, but oh, yeah. I'll tell you what, I've learned so much from him and I think he, he's getting up there. I think he's getting close to like a hundred K. So right I'm happy for him on that. Um, let's see, I guess any, I know it, I'm going to ask this question knowing that we just talked about like your week is pretty full with music stuff, but like any new big projects coming up, you mentioned uh, the affiliation or kind of the partnership with heat, I guess, tell us a little more about that. Is that going to be like part of their training course? Like how they had Luke for Prez do the um, Google search tutorials? No. So you- it's, um, just as a content creator. So basically I got the course. It's not, not like they're not paying me or anything like that. Um, and I'm just going to be going through the course, um, utilizing that to create content for my own channel um, and uh, just help promote the course. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So I see it now. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to kind of show the in, inner workings. Um, yeah. I mean, of what the course is about. That's Honestly, what I there's, no, when I when I purchased the course, I was like, okay, this is going to be awesome. But then, and which it was, it, I mean, I've totally, my whole outlook on selling beats online changed once I got in there, but it was one of those things like, be careful what you wish for. Cause when I, as soon as I purchased it, I'm like, oh my God, I got to get my email chain set up. I, I got to get a website. You know, how do you do this? How do you do that? So it was one of those things like, be careful what you wish for. Cause you know, you're going to have a a big to-do list ahead of you. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So, okay. That's cool. I'll, I'll definitely be watching those videos, probably commenting on them. Um, I honestly, that, that is, we've, we've been here for about an hour now. So we time flew, but any, any questions or anything like that or anything else you wanted to bring up for you anyways, I'd love to hear, um, what you think has been the biggest factor in your success with your type beat channel. Yeah. See, that's that, that one I could, I could tell you about. So it's honestly, it's, I went in early on YouTube ads and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to keep pushing this thing forever. And it, it was rolling pretty good. I I would say, I don't know. I was probably spending like a hundred bucks a month, but I was seeing decent sales, even the videos that I wasn't running YouTube ads on, I was still getting decent views. And so I'm like, okay, this is going, this is working. And then, you know, I, everyone, everyone talks about like the, uh, the, you know, how YouTube kind of resets its algorithm, kind of the, the Thanos snap and the world changes. So that I felt like I experienced that also my videos even the ones that I were like promoting, I wasn't getting the subs. I wasn't getting the views. I shouldn't say that I was getting the views, but like, I wasn't getting the subs. I wasn't getting the sales. And so I'm like, Oh my God, you know, I, I started, I still kind of believe, I think some of that YouTube advertising hurt my channel more than helped it. Mm. But I will say this one thing that I know I did wrong with that is I went for cheap, views like worldwide cheap views so like the one cent views which it grew my audience like pretty well like you know a couple 200 subs a month um but it those aren't like serious buyers so that's my success is a learning lesson (laughs) (laughs) i'll say that so i'm at a point right now where i'm trying to you know, turn it around, try to get some organic growth back to it. I've even considered um, starting like a new 
YouTube channel and just with the catalog I built up, you know, posting more often and getting it to grow that way. So yeah, my, honestly, my YouTube channel right now, at one point it felt like a success, but you know, I wouldn't say that anymore. Um, sales though, sales have been a little bit better because I've been doing the other stuff like the, the email funnels, incorporating all that. Um, I've been advertising on BeatStars. So I still feel like I, I got some momentum here, but yeah, I got to figure out the, uh, the YouTube channel. I may, there might be a second one launching here soon to <laughs> try to build some more momentum. Yeah, yeah. One thing I've been thinking about too, um, before I really start hammering out the beats on the, the type beat channel again too, is I might be wrong, but it seems to me that all of the successful people that you're seeing, uh, uh, maybe excluding cash money AP, none of them are really making what you would call trap beats, you know, the dark and harder stuff. A lot of these guys are making the more soulful or sample type of beats. So yeah, I keep thinking, is there just more of a buying market to those styles of music? Should I be doing that? Oh man, it's, it's such a, I just picture all the executives at YouTube in a conference room, just laughing at everybody. <laughs> like everyone's just trying to figure this out. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. You know, it's, it's like you feel a shift in it in, in taste and, in, and I, I know I obsess over it. Like I'll see someone, um, you know, post a video and I'll be like, wait a minute, they didn't include an artist. Like, <laughs> is that a thing? Is that trending right now? And then I'll look up like pop beats and I'll see how many pop up that include an artist and how many that don't. It's successful both ways. There's, it's hard to figure <laughs> out. Yeah. So. Yeah, let's see. Um, anything else? I think that's all All the things I had to cover. No, I don't think so. Um, I will say, though, for you, I don't know what your plans are um, in terms of growing the producer channel, but um, YouTube shorts still work really well. So I definitely suggest chopping up clips from the podcast and pumping out some YouTube shorts. It'll it'll really help. That's a, that's a great idea. Yeah. I might do that. I... Um, I did do a couple clips and put them on TikTok. Okay. I've gotten so busy though. I it I got bad and the last couple ones I don't think I did that, but I it didn't even hit me to use it for YouTube Shorts for the channel. So, yeah. That's a great idea. All right, man, I appreciate you coming on. I it's Friday evening. I will let you get on with your weekend. Um thanks again. I'll be watching the channel. Appreciate um, it. I can't wait to check out the, the new upcoming content. All right. I appreciate All right. it. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Talk to you. All right. Take care. All right.